morning. Today is Dafis Daf Vov. Um, we're going to go from right at the top of Daf Vov Amud Aleph 6a. So remember in the Mishnah, so, so we're on to the next phase of the Mishnah, which said that, it said the natures of the different Avos are not the same. I brought this Shobor, Mave, and Hever. And then it said, Hatzad HaShoveh Shobohen, the common denominator, Shedarkon Lahazik, the way is that they cause damage, and Shmiras on Alech, and you're responsible to watch them. Now the Gemara is going to go into. If you're going to tell me we've listed Avos and we've listed many told us. So when you say Hatzad Hashove, what are we doing? We're going to be taking two of the Avos and use it to learn out an additional Av. That's what you do with Hatzad Hashove. So now we're going to ask. What is it coming to include? By telling me, if it's clearly it's not an ex- extensive list, is that they're four. So what's what's the tzadashove coming to include? So that's what we're going to go into, and we're going to have, I think, four answers. Tzadashove shabayin. What's the tzadashove? Sorry, lasuemai. What's it coming to include? So first answer, Omer Rabbi Abay says, Tuye abno sakino maso she nicho barosh akad. You left a stone, a knife, or a bag on top of a roof, and they fell down in a regular wind and caused damage. Just before we analyze it, why do we call it, why would we emphasize if it fell in a regular wind? Because obviously, in a hurricane or something that's unusual, then it would be oinase. So that's why Ruach Matsuya, a wind that you could expect, nothing out of the ordinary. And basically, once um, Rashi is going to mention it later, but I'll wait till we get to Rashi. So, what's the case? When did it cause damage? If they, while falling, they damaged. I know Aish, well that's the same as Aish. Mashna, why is it Mashna Why is it any different to Aish, which has an external force mixed into it? and it's your property and you're obligated to watch it. Aninami there's an external force mixed into them, causing damage and it's your property and you're obligated to watch them so again if you think about because what makes remember we said I, I emphasize this when we mentioned Aish it is the fire that the mission is discussing is we light a fire a wind blows and spreads it so what makes it cause the damage that external force of wind so to these they're sitting on top of the wind on, on the roof the breeze comes and blows it off the roof and it lands and it injures someone so, so, but the, so it's the exact same as Aish. So that we don't need a tzad hashobe. That would be a tolls of Aish. We don't need a tzad hashobe to teach me that. So ela bossa So it must be after it landed. What happened after it landed? Someone or something came and tripped over it. If they were hefker, well then according to Rav and Shmuel, it's bor. Why do you say it's bor? He says, Just as babor, it's And it's your property and you're obligated to watch it. So to in these cases, it is 
Tchilas Asiyasa Nenezek. What does that mean? Because remember, when we were discussing Boren, we said Tchilas Asiyasa Nenezek. It means as you dig it, it's yours. where it is, not yours. That's, I'll come back to yours. Just remind me when I finish this point. As, a, as you dig it, it's ready to damage. Tchilas Asiyasa Nenezek. As it's dug where it is. These, when you put it on the roof, was it ready to damage? So that's what Rashi points out. He says, No, it says, It's ready to cause damage as you do it, because you should have been aware, it should have entered your mind, that it's going to fall in a Ruach Matsuya. Again, you play something in a regular breeze that's going to knock it off and it's going to cause damage. You should be aware of that. So as you place it there, you've set up the damager. That's how Rashi understands. It's Oh, Uma it's your property. So that's a question. Every time we say Bor and we say Mamoncha, is that true? Because what's the case of Bor? You dig a hole in the Rosh Harabim. If you dig a... Do you own any of the potholes in the road? And even the ones that you dig... Yeah, there's potholes are different. Okay, but so fine. You walk into the street in front of your house and you dig a, a hole. For whatever reason, you, you want to store something in it. Is it your hole? It's not your hole. So you don't own it. Some kind of. So, so to with these things, any, it, it, it's not really the the one the one Rishon's Tosfos say when it says Mamoin for Babor, it's being an ace. It's love dafka. It's not really yours that you own. Yeah. But it's just uh, it's it's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you're responsible for it. So these things, whether they falling and damaging, then they're ace. If they're resting and something trips over it, they're bore. So what's the Tzad Sheva? No, it says, it explains as well. Ela dolaf gerino. It's where you didn't make it have care. The Shmuel Omar. Now, interestingly, we're only going to address Shmuel because remember we had a Machlokes earlier. Um, Rav and Shmuel, if you own something and you leave it and it causes damage. So, you own your bag and you leave it in the Rishus Harabim and it causes damage. How do we view that? So, Rav said, we learn it from, sure, your property. You own it. You actually own it. Your property. And Tosfos over there, this is a little bit deeper but important. Tosfos over there said that it's your, um, it's not purely from Bor, because remember, Ashor, because remember, Ashor goes out and damages, and this bag that you left in the middle of the street that something trips over and injures themselves, they came to it. So it's actually a Tzad Hashove of Shor and Bor. So we don't need to address Rav, because as soon as you say an item you own, Rav says you learn out from Shor, well, we know it means the Tzad Hashove of Bor. And again, what was the Gemara's question we started with? What's the Tzadashove the Mishnah is referring to? So according to Rav, we have a good example of what the Tzadashove is referring to. So, Ushmul, the Shmul, but according to Shmul, we have to explain. Um, and that's um So, El Adulafkarin, it must be a case where you did not make it after. Shmul, the Omar, Kulami Bor, Lamanu Bor. Oh, but didn't you say according to Shmul, it's Bor? She says, no, actually it's where you did make it after. But it's not directly comparable to Bor. Bor never has an external force mixed into it. 
can you really say that to these there is an external force mixed into them not while it's damaged but to set up the damage again when you left the bag on the roof and it gets blown into the street there's a koach acher setting it up so you can't compare it to bor which you set up when you remove the cover of the manhole that would be a good song. You setting up the bar. Here, the wind came and blew this into the into the road. So he says, so we'll look at fire. Because again, fire does have a bar and you're liable. But wait, fire goes out and causes damage. Um um, goes out and damage. So Borg Tochiach, Bor proves it. Adin and Okay, between Bor and Aish, if the wind blows your bag, Ruach Matsuya blows your bag into the middle of the street and the animal trips over it and damage, injures themselves, you are liable and oh, you didn't set it up. It was another Kach Acher that blew it into position. Yeah, well, Aish is quite acher in Yulabal. Oh, but Aish goes and causes damage where this the thing came to the bag, the board to be damaged. Oh, that's bore. Now, so that's the first one. Again, the Tzara Shabbat that it's coming to include is where the wind blew an atom into this to set up the bar. Now, the Rosh asks an interesting question here. He says, so as we learned at the end of yesterday, the different avos have different leniencies. For example, bor, you're not liable on kalim. If your donkey has a set of dishes on the back when it carrying that, when it falls in, laptops, and it falls in and they all get damaged, you're not liable in bor. If H burns those things, you are liable. If you have something hidden, you're exempt by H. Whereas Babor you'd be liable. So here we're saying it's a Tarashova of Asian Bor. Would you be liable for Kalim? Would you be liable for something hidden? If a person hid, uh, I don't know, hid something in the backpack of the donkey, he's snuggling, uh, he had all the fruit around and hidden in it was a, was a laptop to get past customs or something like that. Would, he, would you be liable? So the Rosh says, so he says oh, there are three possibilities. Says they're those who say, yeah, you get off the leniencies of both. Since it's a Sarashiva of ancient Bor, you're not liable for the leniencies of Ava. There's others who are in doubt, and he says, no, he thinks it's Bor. He says, you've got to look at the primary damage. I don't understand his proof so well, but if I understood his logic, it's based on what's the primary way this is damaging? Like Bor. It's an art and that's stationary in the Rishus Harabim and something's coming to walk up. We were a little bit just in doubt. Ah, but it's not set up the same way as a bore set up, so are you really liable? So we brought in an external, we brought in Aish to show that yes, you should be liable in that case. But primarily, it's bore. And he says, therefore, it would have the stringencies and leniencies of bore and you would ignore Aish. Okay, so that's the Rosh. Um, another question 
that's tricky. Let's, let's go on. So that's one ex- explanation of what the Tzara is coming to include. Rava gives a second one. Rava Amar Latuye Bor Hamizgalgel Beragle Odom Beragle Behema. A bor that has rolled by the feet of a person and the feet of an animal. What happens? You leave your bag outside your house in the street and people and animals walking past end up kicking it down the road. And down the road is where something trips over it and gets injured. So, hey, Chidami, what's the case of this Bor Hamizgal? It says, Eid, Afgarino, Bainer, Bainer, Shmuel, had a Bor. If you're going to say it's Hefker, you left, you left, what's the classic, you left a couch on the pavement hoping someone would take it from you and it got moved down the, kicked down the road. So, it's how to Bor. That's the same as Bor, it's Hefker. So to these, um, they are, um, as you put it outside your house, you should have been aware that it will get kicked down the road and be able to cause damage further down the street, and, it's, and you're responsible to watch it. So Ella It must be where you did not make it Efko. But this is bar. Any item that you own but is stationary when it damages, it's bar. So that doesn't help us. So no, it's actually where you did make it Efko. So you placed your bag in this on the pavement, making it Efko. And again, so then, what happened? People accidentally kicked it down the road. He says, because, but it's not exactly similar to Bor. Because it's your actions that caused it to damage. It's not your actions that caused it to be damaged. Yeah. So he says, Mala sure. So it says, Oh, well, sure, yeah. Sure will prove because sure is not your action. The ox walks down the street and eats something. It's not your action. So if you're liable for sure when it's not your action, you can be liable here where it's not your action. It says, Oh, Mala sure, she can But the nature of bore of sure is that it goes out and damages, whereas a bore is stationary, the item comes to it. So Bor proves it. The natures are different, etc. And therefore the Tzara Shavesha Bohen is that. It's your art. It's, it's a Hefker item that was not set up well. And you're, you're liable for it when something trips over it. So again, you need it. The Rosh would learn the same here. It's primarily a bore. The bag down that was ended up down the road and something tripped over, is the, it's, a, it's a bore that damages. Oh, but you didn't set it up. It got set up down the road by someone else. Kicked absentmindedly by people and animals down the road. Okay, so there it is. That's, that's sure. No. Your thing going down the road to cause damage, same as an ox walking down the road and damaging. So it's sure. Um, the ox is your thing. Pardon? Well, that's what So then, bar. Bar shows us it doesn't matter that it's FK. Okay. Okay. Um, no, it's a, it's a tricky uh, <laughs> thing. This, the uh, K. Yeah. Back to 
Now there's a very interesting question that I saw, I heard answer. I think I need to think about it a bit more, but I'll tell you guys. They asked in uh, more like the old school shop. You know, you go, you say, okay, I want a kilogram of sugar, I want a kilogram of this, I want a kilogram of that, and then the shopkeeper goes into his sacks and he scoops them into a container for you, and you take that home. So a woman walks into this shop, and she says, can I have a kilogram of salt? Shopkeeper scoops some salt into the container, gives it to her, she goes home, sprinkles some salt on her dishes, turns out it's sugar, and she's ruined all her dishes. Is the shopkeeper liable? Now you want to ask me that's more sure of... Yeah, well, so that's okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Rav quotes Rav Shlomo Zalman Arba saying that that's Borham is Galgal. It's a mazik where it is that gets kicked down the road when it causes the damage and the owner would be liable. Lachbor. What's the connection? Because here, yeah, the shopkeeper, you're not happy with that connection. Basically, the shopkeeper, when he puts the sugar in the container and gives it to the chef, or the woman who's taking it home to cook, he's leaving it, he's putting the sugar, which is not what she asked for. So it's a mazik for the food that she's preparing. And it gets taken down the road by something else, either the shore, but in this case it's the woman carrying it to her house and putting the food and it ends up there. It's down the road, it causes damage. So he said, again, like I said, it needs thought, but I thought that, that that's what's fascinating when you see the great Tamidei Chachomim um, take the, the different sugyas and apply them to, uh, to real cases. Um, the principles that they've mined from the sugyas that we're reading on the surface and sound like just tricky, arbitrary cases actually contain a lot of depth and beauty. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the same question I asked, uh, when you leave uh, you'll slowly get more of the question when you leave something on top of a ladder leave the room, come back and it's fallen and damaged what is that? How are you going to view it? So here we're starting to see, well what made it fall? Was it your negligence? Was it, you know, is it, did it damage while falling? Then it would be more like Aish. But again, you know, did it damage only when it landed? Well, then it's a question if it's Aish or, you know, so all these things. You take God, you remind the sugyas for all the principles that are necessary to answer all these questions. Okay. Third, um, third example of what the Tzad HaShavi of the Mishnah could come to include. And this is based on the principle that when Yoshua gave them Eretz Yisrael, He gave it to them with certain conditions just to make it more feasible. And one of those were that if you have, they used to basically collect sewerage and wastewater, more wastewater but sewerage as well, in uh, gutters that would run close to the end of their property. And said in the rainy season when the streets are a disaster, remember they didn't have paving and stuff, so the streets are a disaster, they're muddy, things. Anyway, you're allowed to empty them into the street. In summer where you have nice, hard dirt roads, then you can't because then you're actually making them worse. But in winter you can. So based on that, Rav Adabar says the Tzad HaShov is coming to include the following damage. Call all these cases where you're allowed to empty out your gutters and your pits, 
In summer, you're not allowed to do it. In winter, you are allowed to do it. Now, I thought, even though in winter you're allowed to do it, if they cause damage, you are liable to pay. What's the case? If you're going to tell me while it's moving, so you take your spade and you stick it into the gutter and you fling it over the wall, if while it's moving it damages, well then it's his koach, it's odomamazik. Ela basar denaychi, so it must be after it's landed on the ground. Well, hechidami. What's the case that it's sitting on the ground? If you made it half gear, well then whether you learn like Rav or Shmuel, it's bor. By bor, it's ready to damage as it is, and it's your property and you're obligated to watch it. As they land, they're ready to set up to damage. It's your property and you're obligated to watch it. So, so it can't be where you did make it hefker because that's bore. It must be where you did not make it hefker. Why wouldn't you make this wastewater and stuff hefker? You might decide you want to use it in a few days as fertilizer or something like that. But what, uh, whatever reason you're doing it, it's not hefker. So Well then according to Shmuel, it doesn't make sense because it's the same as bore. So now the case is where you did make it hefker. And it's not compar- it's not at all comparable to bor. Bor is there illegally. These you're allowed to put there. So just because you're liable for bor, which you are not, which is illegal, you can't come along and tell me that you're allowed to put. Um, uh, that, that you should be liable for damage for these which you're allowed to put there. So sure yochiach, sure will prove it. Because again, sure is allowed in the Rishus HaRabim. And if it causes damages by goring, or if it goes into the Rishus HaYachin and damages, well, I'll come back to that. It says, so ma'ala shor, she'chein da'akul e'lech la'hazik. But wait, bor goes out and causes damage, whereas this something came and slipped in it. It should be less likely to be a problem. So bor tochiach, well, that's like bor, because there are din, and the, the, the logic is a cycle. So again, from the fact that it's allowed to be there, that makes it difficult to compare it to bor. Well, learn from ox. Oh, but ox goes out and damage. Well, bor doesn't go out and damage and you liable. So that would be the Tzara Shoveh between Shor and Bor to teach us that you're liable for this case even where you, where you are allowed to put it in the Rishi Sarabim but it caused damage. This is something that's complicated that you have to think about. I'm not, I don't want to discuss it too detailed because it's getting detailed enough. But what Shor are we speaking about? We're speaking about Karen, Shane or Regal. Because remember, Shane and Regal, you're not liable in, pub, in the public domain. But if you're discussing... Um, you're not liable in the public domain but if we're discussing a private domain it's not necessarily allowed to be there so it's very similar so it's illegal my ox is not allowed to be in your garden so that would be um, a question on the uh, on, on, on you've got to just analyze which shore what we're speaking about okay let's go on to the fourth example of what the Tzara Shavish could be coming to teach us so Ravina Omar, Ravina says, La tuye, hot, the tzana, it's coming to include the, what we learned from the following Mishnah. 
I'm going to generally, like I said, I explain it with Rashi, and once in a while I refer to Tosos, but I'm going to explain it like the Rashi, but just because it's more straightforward. It seems from a lot of uh, a lot of people, and different Masechtas, there's almost like the go-to Rishon, the go-to commentary that really like opens it up. And it seems on uh, in each Masechta, there's like a go-to Rishon, or sometimes a go-to Achron that opens it up. You might even notice sometimes article notes will often refer to yes. one commentary more than any other. So sometimes it's personal preference. I like the Ritva, so therefore I'm going to be learning when I... If you learn it with me, I'm going to be quoting the Ritva often. Or I like the Chazanish, so if you learn it with me, I'm going to be quoting the Chazanish often. But sometimes there just seems to be one of the commentaries that somehow open it up more than others, that widespread it would be almost a foundation. And on Babakama it seems to be the Rashba seen it in a few places at the Rashba on Baba Tama is like very uh, very up. so I'll explain the sugya like the Rashba so he says so if a wall or a tree fall over into the public domain and they cause damage and you're um, you're exempt from paying this the Rashba explains this is not like Tosos but the Rashba explains it's where they fell unexpectedly and they lie in there. So you woke up in the morning, your wall had fallen over, or the tree had fallen over in a storm, and something had tripped over it. So it fell unexpectedly, um, or even you, you woke up in the morning and you called the rubble removers to come and uh, clean it up. And before they get there, something trips over it and damages themselves. So that's the case. It fell unexpectedly and it's lying there. It says, What happens if based in? They realized the city council saw that the wall was rickety. Or they saw the tree was about to fall over. So they said, we're giving you one week to remove it. So he says, If it falls within the time, within the week, you're exempt. After the time, you would be chayav. Again, like I said, I'm learning where they fell after they already landed. Tostos, you can look at those. And so, now, hechidami. If you made it hefger, well, then it's the same as bor. Just as bor is likely to cause damage, and you have to watch it. Well, so to these are likely to cause damage, and you have to watch them. So it's the exact same as Bor if you learn that. So no, so it must be where you did not make an Afgar. But then wait, even according to Shmuel, this wouldn't be a Tarashavah because it's directly Bor. So actually it is where you made it Afgar. Um... Dami Lebor, and it's not comparable to Borwa. Ma Lebor Bor, as soon as it's made, as soon as you uncover the manhole, as soon as you dig the pit, it is ready to cause damage. Tchilas Asiyosan, as they made, they, re- they can cause damage. Tomer Bahani, would you say the same thing by these? They're not ready to damage from the outset. Why are these not ready to damage from the outset? When you built this wall, when you planted the tree, they weren't damages. It's only a while later that they're ready to cause damage. So you can't learn. No. If you dig a hole, you liable straight away. It's a bore. If your wall is falling over, 
and the city council say, okay, we look, it's not a safe wall, we're giving you one week to remove it. Then, then you could, then you could. Well, then if you remove it, you could. If it falls within the week, you're exempt. If it falls after problem, the week. But the fire, the, the inspector comes to the shop all the time, they always give you a different thing to do. Yeah, so then if it if if you didn't move it theoretically you'd be liable. You've got to look at the Yeah, I can change that. So um so it so it's not the exact same as bore because they were put there not as damages, you built a wall. Yeah. So sure, your chiach sure will prove it because again, sure is not there as a damage. Sure, ah, oh, but malu sure she can't argue like that. But wait, a sure goes out and causes damage. So bor to chiach, bor will prove it that it's fine, that it, that you're still liable. The chotzer adin, and the logic cycles itself. So we have four examples of the tzarashover from the Mishnah. I don't think they're arguing with each other. The Tzarashovek can be including all four of them. Okay, now, for the next few daf, I think it's still about daf test, till the next Mishnah, we move on to a slightly new topic, based on the end of the Mishnah, the obligation of payment. Okay, we've discussed now the damages, the categories, and now we're going to move on to the liability to pay, and what you can pay with. And then later on, we'll come back to discuss the damages in more detail. So, when they cause damage, the owner is liable. Why does it use the word cheers? Why does it use the word chav? It should use the word chayev. Chav implies... Chav is a verb. Oh, you make someone... I don't know if it's verbs or not. You make someone pay. Whereas chayev is... He is obligated to pay. So he says, no, Omar Abiyur, Omar Rab, Haitani Yerushalmi, who, this Tana is a Yerushalmi, the Tani Lishna Klila, who taught in a very concise language. I, their style was to drop syllables. Um, okay, what do we mean? Re, even though Rebbe was the one who compiled the Mishnah, he largely compiled it based on pre existing collections. So these Mishnahs, and if you look at the next uh, two or so Mishnahs, it, it also a slightly different language than what we used to, so that would fit in well. Rebbe adapted their teachings and he didn't just change them. He took the pre-existing Tanaic teachings and used them. Okay, Now he said, you're obligated to pay full damages. And what was the last phrase of the Mishnah? Tashlumei Nezek. Um... The metav oryx with the best of your land. I very simply, if you're playing with land, you have to pay with your best land. You can't use your land that you have uh, in Alex. You have to use your land that you have, your property that you have in uh, Hyde Park, San Antonio. What did you want to ask? No, this is something I always thought of, but now it's changed because of this. The tunnel was your shoulder, your shoulder. Um, so basically there were Tanay that were Yushalmi and the Tanay that were Bavli, right? But the ta- but the there were Tanay in Bavli, but it could also mean from other areas okay, of Israel. Other areas, areas. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's one set of, of, of Mishnahs, but there's two sets of the words. No, there's two sets of there's, there is two Mishnahs, there's one set of Mishnahs, but there were many collections of Brises. Uh, before Rebbe compiled the Mishnah, 
There was Tanit Vei Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel's yeshiva had their own collection of prices. Tanit Vei Eliyahu. Ah, Eliyahu, I know you teaching from Eliyahu, you know. Or the Tanit Eliyahu had his collections. Our Mishnah's Rebbe's are largely based on Rebbe Meir's collection, which is based on Rebbe Akiva's collection. Rebbe Meir. Yeah. Which is based on his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva's. And that's the... Uh, that, that's what, but again, Rebbe, that's what prices are. There's Torah Kahanim, Sifri, Sifra, uh, Torah Kahanim and Sifra, the same thing. There's Torah Kahanim, Sifri, Mechilta, Tosefta. They're all these other collections, but Rebbe's, the ones that Rebbe verified by compiling them into his Mishnahs are the most authoritative. But again, he was taking from pre existing collections. So there were, you could have said, you could almost say that there were many collections of Mishnayos until Rebbe came along and turned some of them into prices to outside the Mishnah. Okay. So, you must pay from the, Posuk says, you must pay from the best of your field and the best of your vineyard. That if you look by, um, that's by Shane Varegel. And we saw that, and that we learn across that we, we saw yesterday there's a Zayra Shabbat to learn it to all the other damages. But okay, you're paying from the best of the land and the best of your field. Now, now whose field are you paying? Is it the best according to the Mazik? I, I damage you, I have to pay with my best field? Or is it of the Nizak? I have to pay with the land equivalent to your best field. Says it's based on the best of the Nizak. No, it's coming to teach that someone who's coming to collect from damages collects from the Idis. I, the collector, the Nizak, can collect from the best of the Mazik. We are only going to get to understand this phrase, how much more so by Hegdesh, tomorrow's daf. It starts at the bottom of today's daf, but we'll only get there for tomorrow's daf. says, Now, according to Rebbe Yishmael, on, there's different ways of understanding Rebbe Yishmael. The Gemara is going to take almost the most, um, one of the ways, and it says, what does Rebbe Yishmael say? If I damage your property, I have to pay according to your best land. So that's what the Gemara says. Ochel Shmeina, Mishalem Shmeina. Okay, so my ox, again, we speak about it in eating, an ox eating, because remember that's the context of the possum. But it could theoretically apply to any damage. But, so let's just stay with it. My ox eats from class one produce. Mishalem Shmeina. Okay, so I'll have to pay Class 1 produce. Ochel Khusha, if it eats Class 3, Mishalem Shmeina, do I have to pay Shmeina? That doesn't make sense. But again, that on the surface, that's what Rabbi Shmuel said, because Rabbi Shmuel said, you always pay according to the best of the Nizak. So whatever it ate, I have to pay yes. with the best. So, so, but that can't be. So, Omar Rab Iri Bar Avin Hachavam Askin Rab Iri Bar Avin said, What are we dealing with here? Kagonche Ochol Aruga Bain Arugas Valoya Dinan Ichusha Ochol Ishmaina Ochol. No. What Rabishmol means is, if my animal came and ate one row of your produce, and you don't know whether that was 
class one or class three. That is how we refer to different levels of fruit, isn't it? You go to the fruit shop and you can buy class one or class three. But so you, you don't know whether it ate good quality or bad quality. No, 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 because you, you, you don't know. He ate all the he ate the whole potato. So now you don't know was the potato that he ate or the bed of potatoes that he ate from was that good quality potatoes or was it bad quality potatoes? So in that case, Rabbi Shmuel says you pay with the best. Oh, you pay as if he ate main of the best quality. Now, on my rabbi, there's an obvious question. What's the obvious question? Why should you, again, he's saying that if you're not sure what your animal ate, you have to pay as if it ate from the best. So, on my rabbi, Rob, yeah, do you want to suggest? You've got to go uh, strict. We're going very strict on the person. Yeah. So on my rava, my ilu yadinan dechusha achol loy meshalim elah chusha. If you knew that the animal ate low quality, you would only have to pay low quality. Hash to the loy yadinan dechusha achol ishmeina achol meshalim shmeina. So now that you don't know whether it's chusha or shmeina, you're going to tell me that you have to pay shmeina best quality. Don't we have a principle? Hamoitz mechaver olavaraya. If you want to take from your friend, you have to bring a proof. So again, I'm suing you for damages. We're not sure. I don't know whether my animal, whether your animal ate my best, I worth 1,000 rand, or it ate my low quality worth 600 rand. I'm suing you for damages. Can I? I can't sue you for the larger amount. I can only sue you for the smaller amount because if I want to extract money from you, I want to extract the extra, extra money from you, saying that it could have eaten good produce. I have to prove it. So Rob is saying, based on the principle of Moitzi Bechavari, you can't explain it like that. Now there's a question. What was Rav Idi thinking, Rav Idi Baravin, when he had, what was his Havamina that you could collect from the best? Again, it's, the, it's one of the basic principles in, it's actually learned out later in this Masechta, but it's one of the basic principles in monetary law, that if you want to extract money from someone, you have to prove it. So, how, what was he thinking to say, no, in this case, you can take from the best? So, there are a few answers. I'll just mention two of them, which, again, I think they complement each other, but they are different. He says, here, when do we say, Rav Iribar Abin's thought process was, when do we say, if you want to extract the money, you have to bring a proof? That's where we're not sure whether he owes the money. There you have to move. But here you definitely owe the money. You even admit you owe the money. The question is how much? But you already, you definitely owe the money. Ah, oh, there, maybe you go strict. Again, why would you... Um, yeah. Or the Nitzit says, here, once, you admit, once it's clear that you owe the money, you have a mitzvah to pay back. The Torah says if you damage you pay oh you've got a mitzvah to pay you're not you definitely have to pay you're just not sure what to pay you have a mitzvah to fulfill you go strict so that was Rav Idi's initial thought that here it's not a case of whether you're in doubt whether you have to pay it's you definitely have to pay the doubt is how much that's where we can say that's where he thought maybe you don't say you go strict and Rava came along and said no we still say so what did Rav Chizda mean? So he says, no, El Omar Bar Yaakov. Sorry, what did Rabbi Shmuel mean when he said you pay according to the best of the Nizak? So Rav Bar Yaakov explains, The best of the Nizak was like the Ziboris of the Mazik. 
uh, what we're dealing with here um, is there's multiple levels of land. So there's always we always discuss it is Bailonius and Ziboyus, best quality, average and low. So you have uh, I don't know what's best, Hard Park, um, Glen Hazel and Yoho. But there's also even worse. There's Hill Brown and then there's Alex. So what happens if the Ziboiris, the Idis of the Nizak, is like the Ziboiris of the Mazik? The best quality land that the Nizak has is the equivalent of Yeovil. But, the, but the, the Mazik, the one who caused damage, even has property in Hard Park. But his, and his lowest is Yeovil. So now, who do, what do you pay according to? So, Uvahor Pligi, this is what they're arguing in Bishmol Sava, but in Nizak Shaimina, Bishmol holds you pay with the Nizak, I, I only have to pay with property from Yovel. Where it be a Kiva Sava, but a Mazik Shaimina, when it says you pay from the Idis, that's according to the Mazik, I, I would have to pay with my property from Hard Park. That's the thing. Again, how much are you paying? The equivalent of the damage you caused. But which property do you have to pay from? That is the depending again according to Bishmal, in line with the best of the Nizak. And according to Rabia Kivats, in line with the best of the Mazik, the dam the one caused to cause the damage. Now my time at the Rebishmal, what's the source for Rebishmal? So Nemar Sodelamatavinemar Sodelamale. It says Sode below and it says Sode above. Because what does it say? Um, uvi, uh, again, I'm going back to those same pasuk of Shane Verego, but halfway through the pasuk it says, Uvia biste acher, and your animal destroys in another field. Maitav Sodeo, Maitav Karmu Yushalem, according to the best of his field you pay, or the best of his vineyard. So it says Below it says sode. I pay from the best of your field. And it said sode above by when it's eating in the other field. So nema sode lamata benema sode lamala. Ma sode omur lamala denizak. Just as the field it was referring to in the first part of the pasuk is the nizak's field. lamata. So to the part, the field that it's referring to in the end of the pasuk, denizak must be of the nizak. Because again, the end of the pasuk is a little bit vague. It says, according to the his field, the best of his field you pay, the best of his as the mazik or the nizak. So Rabbi Shmuel says, there's a Zayrish Shava telling us it must be the nizak. Rabbi Akiva, how does Rabbi Akiva learn? He says, no, mate of Sadeo, mate of Karmo Yushalem, the best of his field or the best of his vineyard he pays, based on the one who's paying. We're referring to the one who's paying, so he must be referring to the mazik, the one who caused the damage, and therefore it's according to his best field. Of Rebbe Shmuel. Why doesn't Rebbe, that's a very good reading of the Pasuk. According to the best of his field he pays, he's clearly referring to the mazik. So why doesn't Rebbe Shmuel? He says, no, a honey xayrashava, a honey crop. You need the xayrashava and you need the reading of the Pasuk. A honey xayrashava, kadakamina, you need the xayrashava as I said. I, when you have the Idis of the Mazik is equal to the the Idis of the the Zimbabwean of the Mazik is equal to the Idis of the Nizak. A honey crow. When does the pasuk help? Kagondi Islay la Mazik Idis ba Zimbabwean for Idis la Nizak. 
the mazik has just idis and ziboris. The, and the nizak has idis. The ziboris, the mazik, loishavya ke idis the nizak. And the ziboris of the mazik is not the equivalent of the idis of the nizak. Either the, the mazik has, let's say, hard park and alex. And the nizak's best is Glen Hazel. So which one is the mazik going to pay? So contrary bishmol, that's where the pasuk comes in. The it is of the mazik, the hard part. I basically you have to learn that you pay according to the the minimum quality field that you're allowed to pay with. Again, assuming you have a range of properties, uh, you have a portfolio with different values. The minimum amount, the minimum quality, is the it is of the nizak. The, the victim, no? The victim. The, yeah, the one who is damaged. Um, so, so according to his, what happens if you have a property worth way more superior and less than that? Well, then you have to go to the superior. Because you can't pay with property less than the level of quality that the Nizak has. That's what we're saying. That's where you need the POSOX. Okay, if you have equal, then you can pay equal, even if it's your lowest quality. Because, and that's the Xerah Shava. The Sode Sode, oh, the same Sode of the Nizak, the one who was damaged. But what happens if you have lower or much higher? That's when you use the simple reading of the POSOK. The one who is paying pays from the best of his field. Okay, so that's how Rabbi Shmuel learns. Um, let's just read, sorry, let's just read that inside. So a honey crawl, the posuk holds, Kogon to Israel, Mazik, it is the Ziboris. The Mazik has it is and Ziboris. The it is Lenezak. And the Nizak, the victim, has it is. The Ziboris, the Mazik, Loishavia, the it is the Nizak. And the lowest quality of the Mazik is not equal to the best quality of the nizak, the mashalem leim, he made of the day, he pays his best, the mazik, the one who caused the damage, has to pay from his best quality land, the lomotzi omer lei, to'ad gabi miziboires, elo gabi made You can't come and tell him, collect from my worst quality field, you have to tell him, he, can, he gets paid from the best quality. So again, as I said, just in short again, Rebbe Shmuel holds, you need this dual aspect of uh, basically the equivalent of the Nizak's best. If you don't have the equivalent, it's going to be the Mazik. Rabbeinu Tam, uh, the Rosh asks, not going to do odds, that what happens if you have, the Mazik has Beinoinis, which is slightly better than the Nizak's, or it is, Bainonis and it is, which are both better. Can he pay with the Bainonis, because that's better than the it is of the Nizak, or must he play with the best? The actual it is. The Rosh comes out of actual it is, but we'll leave it there for today.